1: WNT9 Talk Radio, your host today, King Henry, no doubt. Have a wonderful sister with us today. Queen, I'm, I'm going to make sure I pronounce this right, because she has such a a, a wonderful and, and a goddess name, Queen Tandiwe. There you go <laughs> There you go right there she, She's in the house with us y'all Definitely most appreciated I appreciate her Saving me on the name um, The origin of that name uh, Where does that come
2: from? The Tosa the language Out of South Africa means beloved or you are loved
1: Wow Beautiful. So you've been to uh, South Africa?
2: No, I actually haven't. I just, um, I did a rite of passage program here in upstate New York with Iyanla Van Zant. And um, she never knew our government names the whole time we went through the program. We were labeled all these different things, what our struggles were and all of that. And at the end of it all, which I didn't even know was going to happen, she anointed me with that name. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's a beautiful beautiful name. name.
2: Thank you. How long have you been a holistic healer? Oh, gosh. Mm, I would say since 2013. Um, But it's an interesting layered thing because holistic healer is a layered thing. Um, One of the biggest mistakes I think people make in the process of healing is they compartmentalize. So when we're in Western society, everything, you know, you study language or English separate from math, separate from social studies, separate from, when well, that's not actually how we live our lives. Everything is intertwined, interconnected, dependent on one another. Um, I practice Kemetic spirituality. We're very focused on um, maintaining ma'at, um, and so as a holistic healer, if you come to me because you want to, I don't know, forge your business, eventually we're going to get to how do you eat, eventually going to get to what your spiritual practice is or your transcendent practices. Eventually, we're going to get to mental states, history, patterns, because what I find is all of these things start to be uncovered. As we think our issue is weight loss and it's actually something else so that even if you lose the weight, you're still struggling with body image issues because of something that you never resolved, either from your history or from a recent relationship or whatever. So it's important that whenever we're dealing with holism, that we look at the entire person, even if a particular issue is what brings you to me. We're open to fluidity of where spirit takes us to where the focus is. And then one other piece that I would offer, too, is sometimes people come for an immediate health-related issue, right? Someone has fibroids or someone just got diagnosed with uh, a tumor. Or maybe they have cancer. Um, and so we address the physical, you know, around herbalism, around how we change the diet, around how we detox and we ju- rejuvenate. But we also address what is that tumor here? Showing up in physical manifestation to tell you that you didn't listen to prior to it showing up. Um, What spiritual aspects, what grief are you carrying? A lot of times people have tumors, they're holding on to an emotional thing that they haven't let go. Um, And so eventually it shows up in your stress level, it shows up in your body in a way to saying, here, here's a physical representation of some form of toxicity that you also have in addition to what you're taking into your body physically is also a part of your psyche, a part of of your spiritual energy field. It's not just your physical body. Um, This is just your body telling you, you got a whole lot going on as far as where you are. So the same way I approach it from all those layers, all of my training and my process and my own personal healing took place during all of that. So arguably I would say I've probably been in it officially certified since 2013. Um, but I would say probably more than 15 years at this point.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Is this something that you feel uh, most comfortable in um in regards to it being your purpose in life?
2: Oh my goodness. And and it's so interesting because just like everything else, the the purpose for me came piecemeal. You know, it was like, all right, I know I like coaching people, but around what? Okay. I know I like transformation, but how? And that's how all those things came together. And it really wasn't until I really got grounded in my spiritual gifts, my intuitive gifts that I was kind of resistant to before, um, being empathic, really feeling people's emotions, being able to really lock into um, how people are feeling, understanding the physical body and the light body and all of those different things that I actually started to receive a lot more guidance. Um, I guess that's the woo-woo side of me, um, where I actually got guidance around, you know, you change how you eat. So you can have more clarity around your purpose and what you're supposed to do. And then I found myself now I'm in a Ph.D. program finishing up coursework where I'm focused directly on internalized oppression within our community, particularly as it manifests in black women who live here in the United States. At first it was just kind of broad because I'm very Pan-African, but it's like I have to honor that each of our sisters, depending on where they are globally, are having slightly different experiences with racialized trauma and all the things that come with it um so i was like all right well let's start at home and then i'm open to after the work really gets um fleshed out to collaborate with people um you know in the caribbean and different parts of africa i didn't go to south africa but i did recently gosh about a year and a half ago go to ghana and um, visited the slave dungeons and, um, amongst other things, beautiful things, connecting with brothers and sisters out there and really breaking that middle barrier, you know, where people, you hear, you know, commentary where people say, you know, Africans don't like America you know, Africans in America and all of that. And then it's, it takes a conversation. Right. And you sit down and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> someone someone had me wrong about you when somebody had me wrong about you right, we right. family it, it doesn't take longer literally than a conversation to break wait a minute we let other people decide for us how to feel about each other and yeah. to separate each other yeah um and so for me it's a huge part you know i can't wait to go to Kemet. that's like my next big trip um within probably the next year and a half to two years um because i want to go with my husband so um Yeah, that's, like, really important, but just to answer your question, oh, my, like, every single time I sit down with someone and we do the work, it is a full, embodied, beautiful experience, Um, and that's when you know. Like, it's like, I could just do this for the rest of my life and, and just... Like, I'm soaring. Like, if I had no energy when I started or I felt slightly tired from my day or whatever, mm. I'm, I'm cloud nine. I'm so lit because mm-hmm. I can feel the breakthroughs happening. I get so excited. Even if the person in front of me is like, oh, my goodness, I feel my life is falling <laughs> apart. And I'm like, I'm so excited for you because <laughs> right. you done, you see it. Your awareness is heightened. Let's do it. Like, now we're in a space where we can do something about it. Right. We're in denial and it's buried and all of that. It's, it's not a whole lot you can do because you're not even looking at you're not facing the self all the parts of the self um but once you're ready to do that and you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and break and and feel weak or feel you know uh, low and within that shadow space that normally we repress now we can do something and it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's beautiful every time wow so you you
1: basically uh I mean, that goes into life coaching as well, because now, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about life coaching.
2: So um, the work that I do is, you know, I play around with what I call it. It's spiritual. It's a very spiritual uh, path of life coaching, and it's about transformation. Um, And for me, you know, everybody does life coaching slightly different. Some people really focus on goals. And what's beautiful about coaching, because I thought for a second I was going to be a therapist. um, But the beautiful thing about coaching is that it's always forward focused. Um, And also we collapse time. Because it brings the past, the present and the future into one Mm. ongoing present moment because there's a constant reminder in the work that you have dominion over your whole life.
0: Wow.
3: You
2: have dominion over your process of healing and you have the capacity to heal ancestry and to heal in such a way that you don't pass it forward. To new generations. So we look at again establishing Ma'at in harmony in all the different areas of life and seeing how all those different areas impact and are interconnected with all the other areas of life. Um, and a lot of times for people, it starts with I just need a spiritual process. I just need something that I know that I do that connects me with spirit every day. And for some people, that might just be starting with you know, 10 minutes of meditation, there's so much information right. that when people try to go, it's like, there's a thousand different ways you can meditate. There's so many different. So it's finding the way that works for you. Not everybody can sit still with closed eyes to meditate. Right. If, if you're, if you're a person that has encountered trauma from a early age, say a person was, I don't know, raped or, you know, violated, closing your eyes is not a safe feeling. Mm. That could create cortisol in your system. That can make your heart be fat. So you're not actually accomplishing okay, what it okay, is okay, that okay. meditation is supposed to Wait accomplish. Wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. Slow that one down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> re- re- repeat that just in case someone did not hear that. That was powerful. For-
2: It's very important that you are very individualized and flexible when it comes to your spiritual practice. So if you learn from a hardcore meditation person that it says to sit still, but you have a trauma that's very specific to you that makes dark spaces like closing your eyes, silence and not being able to know what's going on around you is threatening to you. You have a hard time relaxing in that space then it actually creates stress and works against what meditation is supposed to do for you. Mm. So in those instances, I recommend that you go outside and you connect with nature. Um, for I, I wow. did a whole practice for about a year where I went and I sat in a room and I stared at a painting as a part of my meditation. Mm. And it's really interesting what happens because your vision Still get somewhat blurred, but you're still, you know, aware of what's going on around you. And you start to actually have visions and things anyway. The same way people see things in their closed eye space, you can have that same experience connecting with nature, um, staring at a stream of water, moving, um, walking meditation. I have a son, um, my second child has mild autism and ADHD, sitting still, that's not working for him. But when we put a a symbol on a door and told him to walk toward it and count his steps, it created a meditative state for him. Mm. So it's a very important thing. And this is what I do for clients when they come to me is a major part of how we start in our consultations. We start with two-hour consultations because I do energy reading at that time. You fill out a questionnaire at that time so that I've really gotten to know you. And then I just sit and I listen and in those spaces, then we can come up with, for lack of a better word, you know, what I call the, the, the prescription for a sacred flow. Damn. When you think about practice, sometimes it feels like work and people are resistant. So I'm like, nope, we're just going to flow like water. Right. We're just going to do this right. how how it's going to unfold. Right. We're gonna, and it's all experimenting, right? If if we try that 10-minute meditation that doesn't work, we try something else. Right. You haven't failed. We're not judging ourselves. We're not going to drop the whole thing because for whatever reason you couldn't sit, you know, three days in a row for 10 minutes of meditation. That's information. And that information then lets us know, okay, how should we pivot? That's what this whole thing is. And so the whole process is about empowering uh, black women to really... Put themselves in the context of how regal they are.
3: Mm.
2: Put themselves in the context as the image of the original women on the planet. They were the first gods. They were the first worship. They were mm. the first divinity. They were the first miracle workers because they brought forth life and nobody had the science behind how they pulled that off.
0: Facts.
2: Um, you know, So all of that put themselves in context, not the context and the crap that we've only had for this very short period of time hundreds of years seem long until you look at the entire span of humanity the very short period of time we've been dealing with this crap long 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 before that black women was goddess basically god and goddess so putting that in that context and having them face themselves um and and really step into that regal energy of who they are and speak to themselves from there. Um, is a major part of the life coaching work. So often what happens is the holistic healing slides into the life coaching and then the life coaching slides into the holistic healing also because if you're suffering with anxiety, you got depression, Mm -hmm. you're feeling locked into something, psychologically, my first question is how much sugar do you eat? Mm -hmm. How much meat are you eating? Um, How late are you eating at night? How much carbohydrates, you know, uh, processed foods and fast foods and things, because what we're actually putting into our body, you are what you eat, becomes a part of your cells and feeds into how you feel. So you're doing all this psychological work on whatever issues that you have, and your food is literally fighting against that, popping off all these um, nervous system uh, uh, reactions, such as anxiety, panic attacks, and things like that, and they're keeping it going Mm. while you're trying to intellectually tackle... An emotional issue right. it doesn't work so we need to now all right maybe we need to detox all those decades of eating poorly based on not having the information and then readjust and rejuvenate the body so now you're clear to really take on the process of healing that's why that's the whole holistic process but not everybody everybody's like i want to mess with my eating okay fine then let's talk holistic healing and you're open to it eventually because when you're serious when you get more and more serious about healing everybody's doorway is different
1: right yeah. So when you say uh, cortisol, yes, is there a way to um, reverse cortisol or get rid of it out of the body?
2: Well, we don't want to get rid of it, right? So cortisol is basically what shows up in the body when you're actually in danger. Cortisol gives you the energy that you need. When your heart starts beating fast or whatever, and there's an actual danger, you grizzly bear about to eat you, right. somebody holding a gun on you, whatever, you need all that energy and that blood flow to get out of dodge as fast as you possibly you will run faster than you've ever ran. You ever have an adrenaline rush of cortisol and suddenly you can lift something? Right. Like you never had. I, I had an experience with my son where in two seconds we were in the mall. He was two years old and I had a stroller in one hand. My baby was hooked to me and he was there and he his boots hit the um, the escalator. Boom, boom, boom. And it sounded like he was about to fall. Mm. Down and we were at the top of the escalator everything like you talk about that mom energy that's cortisol <laughs> yeah. right that yeah. cord- and when i tell you every other mom in the space saw it too right and they're running toward me to help me and everything in me i just had his one hand i lifted him completely up in the air along with the stroller and everything else and brought him down on the floor on the second floor of this mall and all the moms were standing there like oh oh okay <laughs> she mm. got it like right. he, that was cortisol i could not have done that from this relaxed chill peace love right, you know that, right. that ain't that ain't the conflict right
1: exactly
3: so
2: when you're in an actual dangerous situation that's what the, those parts of us the cortisol and the adrenal glands that push out that cortisol that's what it's there for the problem is we're not often in those dangerous situations anymore as we go about our everyday lives our nervous system has gotten um, even somewhat addicted to our physical body, that constant rush of cortisol. So now we're just producing it and producing it and producing it. And it it feeds cancer cells. It makes your body very acidic and um, hospitable to disease or dis-ease. And it's just not the best uh, space to be in when you're trying to formulate relationships, when you're trying to parent your children, all of those things. So what we do for cortisol, um, one main easy thing is deep breathing.
1: Deep breathing.
2: deep breathing. Yeah, and when I, I'll explain it like this: so most of us breathe silently, right? Shallow breaths. We're not actually hearing, you know, partially because socially that would be crazy, right? right Just be right. breathing real deep and right. look crazy and bullet. Um, and we're not always in danger anymore, um, so the the shallow breathing doesn't match what we're in so long 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 time ago when we weren't we have stores and houses and all that kind of stuff we really had to govern our safety in nature so if there was say a predator let's say an animal out in the bush where we used to be and we have to breathe shallow in that situation because we don't want them to hear us right when you breathe shallow your body goes okay you're in danger cortisol release. We breathe like that regularly, Mm. just as a society of people that produces cortisol. So the way to say, hey, body, I'm actually good is to take a deep breath. Wow. Um, I, I do a lot with deep breathing just for my own personal wellness and right. just in, in the work. So, but I also realize when I try to get my husband to deep, breathe deep, for instance, he's like, yo, I can't do more than four count. <laughs> right, right <laughs> When I'm like right. on my eight count, I'm on my 16 count. He's like, yo, because then that'll also produce cortisol when you feel like I'm not going to breathe again. Right. So you right. got to find your balance. So maybe you start with a four count breath in, hold for four counts, exhale for four counts. But it should be, you should hear it. a uh, You should hear that. And when you breathe out through your mouth, you you should actually hear that release of breath. Um, And so what I recommend to people is to attach it to habits. Um, You attach it to, you brush your teeth in the morning every single day. It's just an automatic thing as a part of your personal hygiene. As soon as you finish, you could tag that with, I'm going to take four deep breaths right now.
3: Mm.
2: Um, As you get in your car, I'm about to get out of my car to go to work, which may produce stress. Let me take four deep breaths. Right. in this situation. And then of course if something actually is triggering stress, that's definitely the tool to uh to go to. Wow,
1: that that's powerful. Um mm-hmm. I actually think that uh I can apply that immediately. That's not mm-hmm. something you have to, you know, uh wait and say, well let me find time to do this. Right. So associating it with the examples you gave, like after brushing, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yep. That is amazing. So basically this is why there's a necessity for or need for meditation
2: yes absolutely amongst other things um meditation is also the opportunity to still the mind and actually give your body a different type of rest right sleep is one kind of rest um the understanding around sleep studies and things like that is that to a certain extent, because you are allowing your mind to have some level of rest, your body is resting, but it's still ready. Because if, say you're in your bedroom and you're sleeping and someone busts in your door, you have the ability to leap completely out of sleep
3: and address what's happening.
2: So there's rest, but not the kind of deep rest you can get when your mind is fully alert, right? Mm -hmm. Your body still has to protect you while your mind is completely out of consciousness and sleep. What meditation gives us the opportunity is to bring our body into full awareness, conscious, present moment focus. So your body has, even if you're sitting up, your body has the opportunity to release tension. Um, to release that being at the ready because your mind is alert, so your mind will tell you if something's going on.
3: Right, and so your
2: body is able to get that level of rest. Um, meditation is an opportunity to listen to divinity, however you understand, understand, overstand spirituality, whatever angle you come at, religious or non. Um, there is something beyond the physical world that has the ability to communicate, guide, facilitate, teach you. Often in meditation. Those kind of messages come through, especially when you go on meditation with um, intention. Um, I use meditation as a healing mechanism. There's visualization meditation. Um, mm-hmm. If you are addressing something very, I did some um, inner child work actually not too long ago, just because it came to my awareness that I needed to do it. And I've actually said, "Spirit, before I go on into this meditation, take me time travel with me and take me to where in my history needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. What part of me?" didn't get whatever they needed that I can go back and people don't realize you can actually do that. Right. And so within that meditation, I was taken to a very specific period where I experienced the trauma in that process. Now, okay. Thanks spirit for giving that to me in meditation. Now, and I'm a big proponent of sacred spiritual baths. Um, I'm always telling people, take it to the water take it to the water. The water is powerful. There's energy in that water. You take whatever it is you're suffering with into that water, a little Epsom salt, as long as you don't have high blood pressure or a little ginger, some stones, whatever. And you sit in there, you do that deep breathing. And then I was able to, in that space, go to that part of myself, right? Three-year-old, eight-year-old, 12-year-old and say, I know what happened. Mm. I know what happened to you. I see what happened to you. How do you feel about You can actually have full dialogue right. with yourself. I've gone into memories and completely changed them.
0: Wow.
2: To the point where now I can't have that memory without having all the modifications that I made to that memory. I was, um, and, and you know, anyone that knows me knows this about me. I have no qualms with um, releasing traumas from my life that I was very brutally molested at three years old, very young. Um, and I've gone to that age child in the car ride home where i didn't say anything and i sat with her in the car ride home mm. i've gone into the space where it was actually happening turn lights on moved like completely changed the situation not where i erased it but i modified it right and empowered the me that felt like i wasn't protected and went in and protected her. So there's ways that you can actually modify memories. And I, I could talk about this forever. But that that's all a part of meditation, visualization, manifestation, where we go in and we visualize the future as though it already is. And we actually allow ourselves to feel gratitude for um, what is already done spiritually but needs to manifest in the physical world. That's also a part of the work. Um, so, yeah, it all works for that purpose.
1: Okay, you spoke of uh, internal op- oppression in women in general.
2: Yes, yes. Is this something you face daily? Um. So basically, what brought me to that as what um, I wanted to really dive into, you know, PhD level, is one. I kept peeping it in myself. I'm like, all this consciousness and education. How am I catching like little stuff, mm. like little moments of colorism? Like I caught one. And I was like, oh, man. I was talking to um, a friend, and she's talking about men that she was attracted to. And I was saying something about, and this is full disclosure, don't judge me, <laughs> but this is what happens when, when you start revealing your internalized no. oppression. <laughs> That's why nobody want to talk about it. But um, we were talking about, you know, she's told talking about the men that she was attracted to. Both married women just kind of talking to his girlfriends. And I was like oh she was saying that she like you know men that kind of looked effeminate it was really interesting and I was like nah like I'm I'm into you know dark-skinned men that got a little swag and I but I was talking like you know I feel like they could protect me I feel like they could th- and I'm and I'm like hold on what am I saying mm-hmm. Like, am I attaching being dangerous to being dark? Like, what's wow. the, what, what is happening? Right. Which means that if you're light, and then what am I then transferring to colorism around women? Wow. Am I saying if you're darker, you're more, because I was associating dark skin with masculinity, but I mm. hadn't really spoken it out loud until that moment. But my power is because I got dominion over my mind, body, heart and spirit is to say, whoa, 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 boo.
0: That's right.
2: Self-awareness. I'm about to gather you all the way up because that was a mess. And then she and I, because she's, you know, on that wavelength too, really sat with that and was like, oh, snap. Like, am I am I and am I transferring that into women, you know, where I'm saying that dark skinned women are more, I don't know, protective, dangerous or masculine. Just because they got more, deeper melanin in their skin, what the hell am Mm, I doing? Right. Where did I get that message from? Of course, I got it from this janky-ass society (laughs) that we live in. But, like, wow. So that's what I mean. And because it's internalized, its results manifest, its effects manifest in our lives. Because we're not aware of the cause, we kind of live it by default it's really baffling to me and frustrating that it hasn't received direct attention
3: right. on a
2: larger scale. Right. And granted I'm using a certain terminology, right? So within certain environments you might hear plantation mentality right. in another environment, you might hear mental slavery or slave mentality, right. um, self-hatred. So it does come up under other types of term- terminology. I feel like internalized oppression is less confronting and judgy. If somebody say you hate yourself, you're immediately defensive and you don't want to hear anything else about it. The The truth of the matter is, I always like to tell clients, we simultaneously have an African goddess and a white supremacist living in our brain at the same time. Mm. And each one wins depending on who we're choosing to listen to at a given time. And mind you, we're not conscious of either one of them. So we have this... Um, a uh, simultaneous amazing love of self and 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 black people and all of that and a deep hatred of self and they're right. coexisting which makes it very resistant when somebody comes up to you and says you have a slave mentality my argument is most of us have some of it right and if we're not hyper aware a lot of us have to hit even those in the consciousness community or whatever you want to call it have to hit the override switch right somebody white right comes in the situation, you would normally speak freely. You're talking just. Wait, hold on. What's that? Now I got to overcorrect, and now the white person is about to hear everything. Not directly, because I don't talk to white people about none of the issues with black people. I just, that ain't my ministry. I don't do that. Right. <laughs> That's for other people. Um, but I'm not modifying. what If I'm speaking a sentence, I'm going to finish that sentence. No doubt. I'm going to finish that phrase. I'm going to finish that thought. But what if we're not aware and we're living off a of default, and, and I've seen varying uh, uh, aspects of this in corporate situations, in scholastic situations, in social situations. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. I ain't trying to make nobody uncomfortable. We have that internalized understanding of white fragility. And we know that if somebody white gets upset, oftentimes something bad happens to black people. These are legitimate things right. to have as a survival mechanism. So the process of healing that so we don't transition those type of fail-safes from post-traumatic slave syndrome, that's another way of referring to it. So we can get rid of those fail-safes while still being hyper-aware of what we're actually living in, but also freeing ourselves to fully liberate ourselves, build nations for ourselves, build education systems for ourselves, pull our children out of uh, situations where they're really educated, influenced by um, a lot of Western culture, European culture. The way to actively do that is to override this internalized oppression situation. So, Mm. yeah, that's the other end of my self-love coin is that we're also working with that.
1: And when you say self-love, there's a lot of young black women, and I'm just speaking women, of course, you know, uh, I know all about the brothers being a brother myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Young black women don't seem to have an attraction to themselves, their self-image. You know, loving themselves um, uh, themselves enough to love their own image, being in the image of themselves and after the likeness of themselves. Mm-hmm. is. Do you think that there is something uh, psychological
2: going on? Um, this extends into what we were just talking about. With inter- that's a form of it. Colorism, internalized oppression, not right. really wanting to face the self, um, uh, adorning oneself in uh, physical things, whether it be hair, makeup, clothing, that is more in alignment with, you know, even if we modify it, cause the people will say that too. Well, I mean, I wear a weave, but I do it like how I do it. <laughs> right. Um, or, you know, right. um, but all of that is creating a mask over the self. And I always say you can't rock someone else's look hmm. better than you can rock your own. That's real. Um, how, how beautiful and regal and majestic, we appear when we step into the fullness of our crowns and our melanin and all that and how much we realize um, naturally just how um, beautiful we are, not just because of what we physically look like, right, but also because um, of who we are. Right. And when we're in the... Unfortunately, the physical piece also buries the spiritual understanding. It also buries the psychological understanding of the self. Because it turns your vision away from your own divinity. It turns your vision away from your lineage, your origin. Because you're so hyper-focused on what pop culture or outside culture or westernized culture is doing, mm-hmm. you haven't bothered to know the self. right? And so it's indicative of... Um, a self-esteem issue. I'm gonna keep it real with you. When when I have a Facebook group called Black Queens Stand Up. And I'm just starting to revitalize.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and one of the things when a lot of women came into the group, you know, you had those questions that you answer. And one was, you know, what, what did you struggle with the most in various areas. Right. And I kept those. I have 19 pages of responses. Self-esteem, self-love, consistent self-love. I feel good about myself and then I stop or I fall off or how do I love myself more? I need to love myself more. How am I going to love myself more? So low-key, we're aware. Right. That there's self-confidence. And then the other problem is we're not allowed to struggle with self-love as black women. Wow. Because we are still dealing with... Everybody knows the quote-unquote trope of the strong black woman is problematic, but it's so ingrained in our culture that the expectation... If I show up and I say I have a tr- trouble with self-esteem, self-love, self-confidence, I am going to immediately be talked down. No, 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 you're beautiful, da, 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 da. And they're going to bury what really is undercurrent that's just the right, symptom right, of right, what's
3: right.
2: under the surface but because everybody wants to shut that down we're not supposed to publicly let anybody know that we have these emotional struggles right. and issues just like every other woman on the planet mm. um, but we're not allowed to have those issues so we overcompensate and be like whatever I'm cute even though I'm struggling with my physical health I'm struggling with my mental health whatever with these eyelashes and this hair and I'm snapping my 20 my inch long fingernails right. and all those different things and i'm all for don't get me wrong people adorning themselves and expressing themselves right but we always have to understand what the intention is if you can rock an afro on monday and you could rock a wig on tuesday and you can rock braids on a thursday and you don't care about that specific i'm not i, I knew women back in the day who literally told me their husband had never seen them without a wig or a weave and without makeup wow and i'm like what is happening Mm. (laughs) Like, that's your life partner forever. Exactly. Like, if anybody should be able to see you looking crazy or not perfect, quote, unquote, and even still deciding that that wig is what made you attractive to him. Right. And opposed to you showing up as you making you attractive to him. And Mm. then who are you attracting that's only attracted to the mask and not really who you are? Wow. Who's that guy? What kind of experience are you going to have with him? That's you it. know, and opposed to the person that really wants you for you. So absolutely, it's it's psychological. It's also spiritual. It's also a disconnect from community, because mm. the your your elder sisters is supposed to be who's gathering you up
0: right. in that space. Right. And right
2: now, our our elders are also donning the the wigs and the weaves and the it the, is. the the modifications. And again, I'm not like super actively against it, like as a but to me the intention is what matters more than anything. And what I notice is as people start to heal, those things start to come off. Right. Naturally. I don't have to come into your world and tell you to take this off and take that off. It, I don't need to do that. I need, right. I need to get at your heart. Right. I need to get at your spirituality. I need to get at your body. We need to work on that holistic healing piece. And next thing you know, you're going to show up and you ain't going to have no wig on.
1: That's right. That's right. You're not going
2: to have no weave, You're not going to have no makeup because you're not going to feel that it's necessary because now you've gotten to the place of self-love self-acceptance, self-approval, self-celebration. You've gone through the self-forgiveness process. You have compassion for yourself. I've gone through this journey as a black woman who's had relaxers. I didn't really get into weaves, really caught on right after I went natural, as if that's even a thing, right after I let my hair grow (laughs) as it normally grow. Um, But even the process of being natural, it's not that either. I went through a process with being natural that if I needed my hair pulled back with a headband, And I needed to have made my my little baby hairs in the front. Well, that's a problem, too. Mm. If I can't just throw it on and go outside and and still know that I'm beautiful, it wasn't until maybe about 10 years, the last 10 years, that I could just go, I got to run a store right quick. You know, Afro slept on. No, I didn't put a bunch of product in it. No, I did not tie a scarf on my head. No, I did not lay the baby hairs. I went outside with a little moisturizer on my face and went to the store really quick, the same way every other nationality of woman would do. That's right. And looked at my reflection and was like, "Boo, you are cute." Wow. Well, you can do that, right? That's that self-acceptance. Piece. You think they was running around Africa worrying about hair products or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. These are insecurities that are introduced into our culture. that have nothing to do with us. Exactly. At all. And unfortunately we hold in that bag and that's a heavy bag to carry around.
1: Well, I do find, um, I do find that a lot of black women that I speak to, uh, seem to have a huge problem when, I say, well, why are you dyeing your hair blonde and, you know, permanent and making it all straight? Why why are you not in love with who you naturally are? They always tell me, well, this is what men want. This is what black men want. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, well, you're talking to a black man, and that ain't right. what we want. <laughs> you know what <laughs> so it, it definitely has a whole lot to do with uh, the healing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. The the There's a tremendous amount of media influence um there's a tremendous amount of probably when they hear that's what men want is coming from a certain segment of the population who's also extremely susceptible to media influences right. you know what people are doing out there and then and again i still get at the point well if that's the if that's if that's what men want or the men you're attracting want then what is that relationship going to be how solid is it mm. how secure can you be that now you end up in i've had three children you know, surgery type situations. If my man needed me to look like blonde wig, weave, <laughs> he would have been out the door right. because I ain't nobody had time for that. When
3: exactly. In the
2: these type of situations you want. If you're looking for a person that's going to be with you for life, that's going to ride with you, that's going to be your king. Then now we need to be in a situation where, you know, me. And if I got to right. adorn myself in things that aren't me, what else do I have to hide and bury in order to be with you?
0: Right.
2: You know, so I'm not saying that they're absolutely wrong. Whoever they're encountering, and I would even argue magnetizing to themselves, Mm. you're what you, the world is a mirror. So if you're, I don't draw men to me that want that. Never have. I mean, I've been married 15 years, but even before getting married, I never drew men to me that were looking for blonde, anything, weave, anything at all. Never. Because that's not, that was, they would not have been a reflection of my inner world. Right. right. So if you are drawing Men who have these kind of um, Artificial desires um, And not to say men don't want a a woman That's beautiful but who is to say That that is that particular man's definition Of beauty
3: Um,
2: If that's what you're drawing to you Again that's when we have to get to What is it about your way of seeing yourself Mm. That says you're not good enough as you are That keeps drawing men Mm. to your life That say you're not good enough as you are He's simply telling you what you're feeding yourself Right. That's what that actually is. But you approaching them and saying, "Why are you straightening your head?" That ain't the. That ain't the move. Right. (laughs) Right. They not going. They not going to receive that.
1: Right. Right. And and um. They don't. So, and and the thing about it is that it's generalized. It's not like, uh, I'm saying, Hey, sister, such and such. So I'm not calling anybody, you know, uh, personally, I'm right. general, I'm generalizing it and, and they're responding to it in defense. And so because
2: people don't like you to hold the mirror up to them. Right. People don't like right. necessarily, if, if I'm not ready to deal with a particular truth, then I'm going to be defensive and, and resentful of you even bringing it to my attention because I've been working very diligently to keep it buried. Right. So, who are you to like put my stuff on blast? <laughs> like, don't do that. I don't want you to do that. Like, even in the healing process, you figure you have to get to a certain point to get on the phone with me. Right. Because you know now you're going to, you know, when I went into my writer passage program with Iyana, you know, lover or hater, she has a very in your face way of doing things. So when she called me to the front of of a situation because I was having a moment, I could have chose not to go. But I wanted my healing, and I said, she's about to make this real, and she did. (laughs) Make it real. She's true to form. She made it real uncomfortable and I'm so thankful to her for the rest of my life. It was an absolute life changing. I went in one way and came out a different way. It was absolutely necessary that it came at me that way. That has to be a certain level of, you know how they say when you stop drinking, you have to get up in front of that AA group and say, I am a, when you haven't said I, I struggle with self love or you haven't said I straighten my hair because I'm too insecure to show up as me or, you know, like I said, whatever that intention is. Um, then no amount of people coming and bringing that to your attention is going to necessarily spark that. And then there's also other ways. Like I said, I don't approach people directly with those things. I approach people from from the standpoint of their healing. And I expect spirit to take care of everything else
1: right which is a huge uh, process you know in itself as well i found that at some point somebody got to you know throw throw something out there you know because in in the certain communities that i'm in there's like yeah. uh, there's women who believe that they are making you know master changes within themselves yeah and so i feel like i need to interject every now and then and say hey you you believe you're 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 free you believe that you're going to another level but really those things are distractions focus on you focus on us Right, I agree. You know, I and so that, that that that's really my approach. And you know, I want to see, I want to see black women loving on themselves because it's impossible for me as a black man to love her and it be received if she don't even understand what love is within herself.
2: That's the thing. That is really the the powerful thing that you know when we start well, the work I do. I call self love elevation. Um, because half the time people don't really understand that self-love and love is a holistic thing too.
3: Mm.
2: It's not just an emotion that you direct at someone right. or an emotion that you direct at the self. That's a very surface level of understanding love. Um, self-love, uh, the way I, I wouldn't say put it cause it's not always, um, received in its fullness until it's experienced, but it's an allowing because you already are love. Because you come from something that's divine and infinite love. What we do is we repress it with the intellect, like you said, with distractions, with things that you push down, being hyper-focused on the external and all those things. Cloud the ability to allow love to come up and through you. So it's not just something you direct towards you from outside or something that you look for in other people. It is something that you allow to emerge from within you and then draw to you. From what you're already giving off Mm. it's a it's a different orientation to the understanding of love and so it has to start with the self to orient your physical and your light body to actually be able to perceive and receive it you could direct love all you want but if she can't understand it for what it is that's right it's not gonna penetrate she has to be that and vibrate that way in order to actually match that vibration with someone else or you'll actually see women push really amazing guys away from them that they either like but have no idea why that guy had no tolerance for how they moved right? or that you know that they experienced as abusive because now you're drawing what you see out in the world and what I often tell people is you have to become compatible with that guy. Mm. You can't not do your work. See (laughs) the really good guy. Right. The one that you think should be and expect him to tolerate the fact that you still don't love yourself. Right. It just it doesn't work that way because right. you're going to still project out what you're feeling. So you're going to project judgment onto him. You might talk to him crazy and disrespectful. You might, you know, do all kinds of things and just expect him to understand that you have triggers and all these loaded guns within you right. that at any point he's going to step on a landmine and you are going you know, show him your shadow
3: Hmm.
2: and opposed to actually dealing with your shadow. And, come, and it's an ongoing process. Relationships are, I'm 15 years married. Uh, I tell you, it's an ongoing, it's a beautiful yeah. process, but it's an ongoing process where both parties hopefully are willing to do that ongoing understanding of love and self-love work. I actually like what you're doing because what you're doing, regardless of the response, is planting seeds. Right. And right. a lot of times everybody's not aware that that seed was necessary for them, but then you said it and then they encountered it again in another way or they read it in a book or someone threw them a meme or they had another conversation, they had a breakup with a guy that said something similar as he was exiting or all these different things add up. Right. And then at some point, whether they remember specifically that you planted that seed or not, All of these are I know my own personal healing, understanding, breakthroughs, knowledge gains, wisdom gains were cumulative. It wasn't just one. Now, that one pinnacle moment might then attach to all those past things that helped to take me over. I've had so many people say you said something to me five years ago and I'm just getting it today.
1: Mm, That's real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. That's definitely how it works. And, And this is what I know. So. I feel like, um, you know, I'm kind of reserved in what I do, but when I see certain things it's like, wow, my, my sisters are being it caught up, you know what I mean? And so I want, to me, I'm just, like you said, I'm just dropping a seed and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stepping back, giving you all the space in the world to do what you do. Yeah. But when, you know, these are people who in any other, you know, a, a forum give me, you know, much respect. Okay. But when I say, hey, this is not just about us, you know, praising each other externally, saying, hey, king, queen, and all that, you know, right. how, how good and great we are. But in reality, how good and great are we, you know, to ourselves? Do you, know, do you love on yourself? And that's really what it's all about. Our, our, we, Our black women really need to, you know, redefine love, you know, self-love. Yeah. And it's a whole lot of healing that needs to happen and it has to start yesterday.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's where my why my passion in internalized oppression is so important to me because those that internalized part is so subconscious and so ingrained and so implicit that it creates the resentment without the understanding right you know right. like if you it like i'm i'm self-aware enough that if i come upon someone who calls something out that i can take a pause and if i felt something my heart started to beat a little faster i felt this kind of um uh, that i really wanted felt compelled to defend myself that's a, okay that's a check-in Right. Maybe everything this person is saying might not be valid. I have to take that information and go do something with it. Most of us aren't trained to do that. You know, to have that level of self inquiry and self awareness. We we kind of ping pong balls. You know, just bouncing around off of old pathologies and old information and that particular internalized piece around colorism around how we look around rejecting our own you know African features around all of those different things are so deeply ingrained that if I form okay this is why in part why it's threatening too if I formulated a external identity based on the hair and the nails in part and then you come and say you need to change that well you're not just hitting at a superficial thing to me anymore right. you're you're actually hitting at my identity right how I've actually constructed myself right and you saying to me you see through all of that that I've worked really hard this mask that I worked really hard to put together wait hold on this is who I am and I could do this I can hold on to this and still be healthy and well and 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 you're basically saying ah Right. not really right you know and so it's a it's a very defensive thing it really is supportive to remain open and realize when i feel a little salty or upset or whatever around something someone says to me that's information
1: Right, and and you know, I definitely uh, maintain my position as as you know their brother. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, I've gotten cussed out in the whole nine. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And I'm saying, hey, now before this even started, I told you that it's a sensitive situation. It's a sensitive topic, and I'm right. very I'm very aware of that. You know, and this you know the, you say what you're saying, but and I get that too. You know, right? And it's all love.
2: When I say to something, or when I'm about to say something to someone that I think they may, especially when spirit tells me stuff, and when spirit tells me stuff, I'm like, look, this ain't me. <laughs> this ain't on me. <laughs> right, I'm right. going to just let spirit speak to you. You do right. it what you will. So normally I preface what I say with, okay, I have something to speak to you. I am open to be wrong. Right. I am fine if I'm wrong, but just in case it may elevate you in some way, I want to share it with you. Right. From that place. I find defenses kind of come down. And at that point, you can say that don't apply to me. Right. And cool. okay. I'm not I'm not sensitive. I don't I don't feel no kind of way. If I was wrong, totally open to be wrong. No problem with being wrong. But it's on my heart to say this to you. And so I'm going to do that. And then, hey, now it's yours. It's not even mine anymore. I'm, I'm good. Right. And so it tends to help. You know, but they also I mean, I, like I said, I have yet to tell somebody specifically to change their physical appearance because that's the last part for me. It's not the first. Right. Um, but I also think what helped me to step into, you know, not relaxing hair anymore, popping the nails off and the whole nine um, actually was going to London to study abroad. Mm -hmm. which was weird. It was, it was like getting out of culture. I realized that, you know, when you stay in the States, you're really living in a bubble um, where messaging is controlled and all of that. And when I got out of that space and I started to see, you know, it's a lot of African people in London and just kind of see how people move, the type of racism that was there um then I started to question you know what am I doing and I was also exposed to people you know at this point I was like 19 years old I had never heard that the pop, that integration had hurt our community not so much helped it I'd never been confronted with those kind of hey Martin Luther King went right about everything It was like whoa wait hold right, on what right right exactly <laughs> hey <Yeah. laughs> but, he just, just but even at that age I knew shut up and just listen right right and then you can orient yourself to the information however you want you always have the choice to throw it out if it's not useful to you but it was like you know one one night home we were walking home to the flat in London and it was just like wait hold on what right you know um so once I got back it just for me it just the, the, I was resistant to the relaxed hair. Like I would look at myself in the mirror and go, this is not me. This is not us. This is, you know, and I just gradually started cutting it off and my, my natural hair was growing out. And I, my graduation party that I had after I graduated from undergrad, when, I, when everybody showed up, I had a very short afro. And they were like, what? Because I was, you know, <laughs> relaxed girl. You right, know, right, pop right. Popped those nails off. <laughs> I wasn't interested in anything unless it was a little gloss and a little eyeliner. And that was it. Look like that, that. That, was, that was it for me. I hadn't changed my dress, though. I hadn't changed my clothes. Right. Now I don't even, they just had a big sale at uh, Century 21 in New York. And I went there just cause it was a huge sale cause they were closing. And I was like, I can't wear none of this stuff. Mm. This stuff is so European growth.
1: That's growth. that I would
2: never put this on my body. I didn't even know that my psyche had changed to right. such an extent because wow. I hadn't went in malls and whatever in a really long time. Right. Um, that I was like, I can't uh, peasant shirts and <laughs> you know crisp button up like I it just it's not me. Wow. And um I don't want to put stuff on my body that looks like that. Um, but I didn't know that was again the the healing process and then it affected the external.
3: Right. Um,
2: and then also seeing sisters like Jill Scotts from Philly. <laughs> I'm from Philly originally. When she came out and Lauren Hill, I remember they were big impacts on me. Right. To go, wow, you can walk around with nappy hair and be gorgeous like i just (laughs) didn't even know that was a possibility no doubt so it's a it's a combination of of all of those different things but you also have to be mindful of what you bring in your environment and what you want to be influenced by right because you're going to be influenced by something so you know it's a it's like you said yes like yesterday but we rolling up our sleeves and we doing the work now that's all we can do that's
1: right Mm -hmm. So I absolutely I am humbled by your 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 uh, wisdom, your knowledge,
3: uh, mm-hmm.
1: your energy. I am very um compassionate about those who are compassionate about what it is they do. Uh, okay. I I appreciate each and everything that you've shared with us today. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we get out of here, is there anything? I mean, you, you you've said so much, you, you've, you, you've <laughs> given so much. I mean, it's just. It's just powerful. I can't wait for, uh, you know, the, the listeners to actually, you know, tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything before we leave that you would like to share? Anything else that you would like to share with the listeners?
2: Hmm. Well, I just hope just as a recap for everything that we covered that, um, you know, that you are divine, that, you know, that you are regal. That you know that you come from the original people, which means you deserve to be in every space, everywhere in the absolute world. Um, And that you know that whatever purpose is seeking to be birthed in you, don't be afraid of it. Um, Understanding that you are divine and you can manifest anything as yourself, as an individual, and yourself is a part of the collective. We're all connected. Everything that we do for ourselves, with ourselves, impacts everyone else and vice versa. Um, Yeah, and just be all about making healing and self-love not a thing you do and then get done, but an ongoing way to sustain and really bring joy and peace into your life.
1: Powerful queen Thunderway, holistic healer, life coach, black woman, goddess, mother, wife, Mm -hmm. so much more. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. For anybody that wanted to uh, reach you or, uh, contact you. How would they be able to get in touch with you for uh any services that you provide?
2: Well, you can definitely go to my website, which is Queen Tandewe T H A N D I W E, Queentandewe dot com. Um, you can also go to my IG or my Facebook, which is I am Queen Tandive, um on like I said, IG and Facebook. And yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. You can also reach me directly via email, Queen at Queentondeway.com.
1: Powerful, right here, WNT9 Radio. Peace.
0: What if Martin didn't stand up? What if Rosa didn't sit down? What if Malcolm didn't matter? Where would we
3: be now?